What's up, everybody? Welcome to This Is About Movies. This is about movies. I'm over here choking. I don't, I don't, it's allergies or something. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> this is about, <coughs> this is about me choking. Oh, Jeremiah choking. Uh, we're on episode something. I think it's 13. We're going to, I'm going to stop counting. Yeah, uh, I am it's too. It's too hard. There's two, I mean, <laughs> who knows what's out there after 13. It's, yeah. Well, so this too is, many numbers. this is 13. Uh, the next one's going to be 14. Don't expect me to say it. How about that? There you go. <laughs> This one is, however, about the Matrix Resurrections. I guess it is fitting that it's 13. Sure. In a, in a way. Yeah, I, but yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my own two cents. Um, so, you know, strap in. We're going to talk about the Matrix. Ooh, child, you're in the Matrix now. We got a, we, we got a, a, a warning. Warning. Oh, yes. Alert. Randy. Alert. Randy quotes a, a man. I, I, I quote somebody. A man with a, a cussing man. With a, with a potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and he says Randy a bad word. A I also say that bad word because I'm quoting him. Just, uh, you know, be forewarned. Yeah, about be that warned. If, if, that's your, if that's your thing. Uh, and then after that, Jeremiah gets so mad at me for, I just start, for I just using start a bad word letting it loose. on the podcast that he uses a slew of bad words. <laughs> Uh, so really, you should watch I, out for that. Apparently, part. I got so mad I don't even they remember got, this. We, we're going to cut that part. So <laughs> he's just gonna, it's you're not going to be able to. He's going to cut that part for you. Yeah, but we're going to know. You're going to know that there was there was some. If you feel some tension between us, wait. Know do we that have it's a, right after that? Do moment. we have a beep machine? Just leave it in. A just beep, beep machine. It time for me. Yeah, just beep it for me. I don't think we have enough beeps. Every. <laughs> I think they charge us <laughs> per beep. beep. <laughs> It's the, I know. I know. That's uh. That's it. They're five uh, cents a piece. I've got the ad, the the beat machine with ads. I don't have the, the <laughs> after, subscription. After okay, 10, it blocks you out. Yeah, you can't. It tells you to wait twenty four hours. Yeah. So we got to get this episode out. We can't be sitting around waiting for my my next batch of beeps to come through. We don't have enough beeps. All right, major resurrections. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. What a movie. Check it one, two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It was definitely a movie. Mm-hmm. You were like, you were like looking up reviews like you didn't know if you thought it was good or bad. Nah, not necessarily good or bad. I, I uh, yeah, I, I told you this right before we started, but I wanted to, I kind of had some, some initial thoughts and I wasn't quite sure how to communicate those thoughts. And I wanted to see what other people were saying. Yeah. If those thoughts were, were valid or if I was reading into it or, or, you know, that kind of thing. And so I wanted to sort of, you know, sort of check the temperature of things and be like, I don't like not whether or not if I was like, was my opinion, the correct opinion? No, not like that, but more on just kind of like, am I, am I reading this right? Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah. So anyway, I got some, I got some good clarity just by reading a couple, couple quick reviews. But um, yeah, I mean, if I'm fuzzy about stuff, sometimes I'll, I'm going to read go one seek. of those reviews. But uh, just because this movie, I am, <laughs> but like, well, hold, hold, one, I'm definitely hold on. not. Hold on, but I'm fully prepared <laughs> to be like, like there have been movies before where it's been like, uh, well, 99 percent of the critics disagree with you, Jeremiah, and I'm like, well, one percent did, and I agree there with him. Go. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I mean, I am a big fan of uh, a lot of movies that 
most people don't like. <laughs> I mean, even at, so our last episode was the Spider-Man episode. Mm-hmm. No way home, 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 home. And uh, I think it was pretty clear that I didn't really care that much for it. And pretty much everybody I've talked to has been yeah, like, I really liked a it. big fan about it. Yeah. Big fan of it. Loved it. More than loved it. Thought it was the best. And you know what? That's fine. I'm I mean, just, it's not. not when I say I loved it, there's a different. <laughs> you know, like you have like a second kid who's just never going to attain what that first kid can oh do. Oh, my gosh. You still love that kid. <laughs> And, like, he's still a perfect kid, right? But it's like, well, he's definitely not going to be a doctor. He's going to he's gonna be a janitor, that one. And, it, by God, that's okay. He's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> that's how you feel. I mean, Spider-Man for, Nowhere Home is a 10 out of 10 janitor. For, uh, for what it is, for a Marvel movie, just, just it being a Marvel movie, uh-huh. superhero movie, it's not, to me, it can't be up there with the rest of the big boys. Sure. It just, like, it can't because the, the, the very stuff of what it comes from, the comic books that it comes from are, like, jokey kid comics mm-hmm. where, where, like, in the 90s, they're, like, making up other swear words. Like, to me, in the 90s, reading comic books, well, Spider-Man 2099, I read the first issue, and it was, like, uh, instead of saying the F word, they made up some like farty clardy, and I'm like, this seems stupid. <laughs> uh, so it's like, <laughs> so I like comic books, and I like the overarching stories that they tell, and I like the ideas of comic books, but I don't think the stories contained within Marvel comic books are like tippy top of what humanity has to offer. You know, mm. uh, those are fighting words, man. I mean, fighting that's. Words. I'm not saying you're not allowed to like them. But I don't think that they're on par with other, especially like super artistic, like super thought out stories. They're so just you'd say they're not, not cinema. Uh, no, it's <laughs> I mean it's cinema. That's what that's what, I know. that's Joking. that's super subjective. Joking. Yeah, it is. Or even the art of it, like Spider Man, uh, the that one. Uh, like I said, I almost teared up when Andrew Garfield saved Zendaya and he had tears in his eyes and mm-hmm. he like hit the bottom. Like I for real almost was like, <sighs> mm-hmm. and like for real <laughs> cried. Um, almost, almost. And I, I mean, I wouldn't have been ashamed if I did. I, sure. it, I'm just saying like, it really almost made me tear up and cry. Just, just for giving like Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. like that catch and yeah. like that, that emotional. Oof. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like even other comic book uh companies that that will tell a more mature story uh like saga brian Vaughn. it's way (laughs) it's way 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 better to me than any marvel uh uh, story i've ever read why is that i i I, because it's not afraid to be mature i i mean i guess i hate to say that that's the reason that it is better you think because it's mature or because of how original it is? Well, I mean, Marvel stuff is over-the-top original, too. I, I, think it, I think when you're ha- when you're hampering a story like that, like Marvel does, and they really won't, I don't know, they just hamper it in weird ways. Like, what, do you mean by, what do you mean by hamper? Uh, like, um, like, there will be carnage, and that movie had no carnage. Just stuff like that. And uh, Marvel, I don't know, sometimes they will show blood and guts and, like, nasty 
and like I don't know, maybe maybe as time goes on, they're even like telling more mature stories. But it just seems like, especially originally, and like as far as people think about comic books and what when we think about comic books, like from like the the golden age and like the silver age, it's Batman versus the Joker. But the Joker's playing a prank on Gotham. He's not he's not killing anyone. Mm-hmm. He's he's making a giant flower pop up in the middle of Gotham's headquarters and then squirting everyone with water and then ha <laughs> and like that's his evil plan. That's not that's what are what are what is that about? <laughs> uh yeah, and I'm not even saying that happened. But I I just mean like silly silly stuff like that. You, you can't be afraid or like stop yourself from going somewhere that a good story would take you. And I think as we've been getting more and more mature superhero movies, they've been doing they they've been doing a better job of that and telling a better story. And I like I really do hate to say it's like a maturity thing, but it really kind of seems like that's the line. I I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I think I I like what you you kind of touched on something there of uh, how they're sort of like setting barriers or like boundaries for themselves and not letting themselves ever go past those points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they, they kind of like they get really close to getting to sort of exploring a deep idea, but then they, they pull back. They yeah. don't, they don't ever really go for it. it. Yeah. You never. And that's, that's really the truth in most, most Marvel films. Um, that's kind of what they are. And I'm not even saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. That's kind of just what that is. Well, and it's, if it's and stories it's, for kids, I can see why you would put it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems weird for a medium that's older than the oldest person for that medium to still be like hampering itself. Cause the medium's older than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like, it seems like the medium should get like its own, chops to where it can be like i'm old enough to do this i can show <laughs> violence i can show uh or like uh, spider-man 2099 uh, i can say the f word and i would put fiddly farts uh, mm-hmm. on like print that on the actual page i like i was like seven and read that and i was just like this is stupid <laughs> i'm i'm less i'm less concerned with them you know being mature like i, I don't necessarily think that every superhero movie needs to be yeah but i'm there too like i don't I'm not saying even that I think that's the line, but that's just the only words that are coming to kind of describe like what what is it that they do? They stop short of something, yeah, and they stop it, short of telling a full like engrossing story. Yeah. yeah, it to me it's it's they have self restricted themselves from being anything more than what they've already been, and uh, I think that right there is how we get into the Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> <laughs> so, but before we actually jump into that, I really want to talk about something that I think is really hilarious. Mm-hmm. And that is when we we both, we went to an early showing of this film and you were coming over from work and you were in a hurry because you knew you were going to be late, but not that late. You thought that you'd make it in time yeah, for yeah. the movie. But then, so we you come in really far in and the beginning, like, I think you missed, like, at least 15 minutes yeah. of the movie. And I'm like, I don't know how to quickly explain any of that <laughs> to Jeremiah. You're so trying I'm to like, keep track of it I'm trying me. to th- keep track of it so I could just kind of lean over and be like, this happened. But I'm like, I don't, how am I, I'm just going to have to be like, 
I'll tell you later <laughs> when you get in. And then so at the end of the movie during the credits, I'm like, hey, okay, so the beginning and you you were like, oh, I I yeah, watched I it already. It. And I want so you pulled it up on HBO Max yeah. to watch it on your phone as you were, you know, you're coming over. And I want to talk of, I want to point out how weird that is. It's super like weird. how surreal that is. Like we're going to the theater to watch a movie, and because you were late, you pulled the movie up on and your started phone. it started it. On my phone at the same time. Yeah. So that I would be walking in. At the at, right moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you were only like a minute or two off. But yeah, because like, the, the stupid thing wouldn't take my card. Yeah. But yeah. So I got but a minute hilarious. off rather than like 20 <laughs> seconds off. I just like, that's so funny. That's the world. That's the world we live in right now. And, I, and it just happened to be like an HBO one that was, uh-huh. but yeah. Yeah. Right, right when I figured I was going to be late, I was like, oh, I could just, yeah. I was like, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think. Let's talk about the Matrix. I do want to. I do want to read one of these articles to you, but I don't necessarily want to read it just yet. I think we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. I think. What? Are, what were your just your initial thoughts? But well, well <laughs> at what point? <laughs> I know, right? It's constantly shifting. <laughs> right, right when the movie started. Honestly, when I was watching on my phone uh-huh. on my way there, it was like, oh, they're going. Oh, that's kind of cool. And like, is this going to be like? Is this going to be what they do? And then by the time I got into the theater, when he's like in, this is a game that I wrote mode, I'm like, this is kind of weird, but okay. And then uh, there's like one whole scene where uh, it's the Wachowskis talking to uh, Warner Brothers. And I think they even say Warner Brothers. Yeah. And they like say, the they Matrix trilogy. That our parent company, Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wh- how did this get in the movie? Uh, this is, n- and I was like, bro, if you can bring this around and this is still in your metaphor system, I guess I'm all for it. But I don't see how this is going to fit. And then, yeah, it just keeps getting more and more messy as the... It gets a little bonkers for sure. As the movie goes on. And then it, yeah, and then it stops being a messy allegory at all. And it's just like, see? you Do you see this? Did you see it? And you're like, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I saw it. So? And then you're like, that was, we did good, huh? And you're like, did, what? I'm sorry. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> Like that was one point later in the movie where I literally never you know I think that bird thing is a metaphor for Wi-Fi. And, then, like, <laughs> and that's like that's all it could be. What what was that even about? What was happening? What there's so many like whys in this movie. Why did they hook both of them up at the same time? What like in her cocoon world? I think they were doing some sort of like a hot swap. Like they were they were bringing her out of the Matrix and jacking her back in at the exact same time. But then they jacked her into the Wi-Fi bird. Well, I think they were using the other person as like a surrogate. So they were doing like this weird loop and then kind of throwing it back in and doing it in a way so that like the shock of waking up from the Matrix is... I think that's the idea, if I understand it correctly. Yeah, I also don't kinda, think we're meant you, to really like... <laughs> I mean, so that's fine. But they also said, what, because <laughs> the shock of waking up confused... Yeah. I'm like, even if you take that pill, they don't tell you what's coming next. So when you wake up in a tube of jelly, <laughs> are you not confused? Is that not confusing? Like, because I w- may- maybe I'm not the best person with emotions, but to me, when Keanu Reeves wakes up and 
pops up out of that jelly, uh, the emotion on his face is utter confusion. Is it not confusion to you? Is it I something think it's else? more whether or not your mind is in a place where it can accept that as reality. And if it so does, then it just you can breaks, be so. so you can be confused immediately after. It's just for that one hundredth of one second. You're no, not no, you're still confused because you're like, oh, I don't know what this is, but I accept it as real. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Anyway, I'm not gonna get into like the yeah, whole Yeah, I just mean but the but even that little <laughs> argument we just had, that's the whole, that's like every scene in the movie, like every action and every scene, it's like, what was that? Yeah. Why did the, But I think okay. that's on purpose. I, th- I think that's a, on purpose. Okay. So I think so <laughs> I, I think as the movie began, I was kinda like, Oh, it's interesting, like you were saying. It was like, Okay, it's weird. Because we've seen the trailers you know, I've, I've read theories, all that stuff. You know, you go into it and it's like, oh, man, this could be kind of cool. Let's see what they're going to do here. But one of the questions, like, that I kept asking myself the whole time I've been, I was, like, getting more and more excited for this movie to come out was why did they decide to make it at all? Yeah. It, it is stupidly beautiful. It's it very is very pretty. well done. But I, I think I, I just wanted to know, like, why. And also, like, if you look at, like, it wasn't both Wachowskis. It was only one of them. Mm-hmm. It was only Lana. Right? Or Lana. 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 Uh, um, yeah. um, and, and I'd read some stuff about why that was. There was a little bit of just like not wanting to sort of like go back and repeat what they'd already done. Um, sort of like that being a part of their past. And, and I can see that from, you know, as uh, a creator of things myself, it's like, yeah, something that people love um, that you've made. A lot of times they want more of that same thing, but you are in not in the same place where you were when you made it and you want to do something different or you want yeah, to do something new. But I also feel like I'd always want to go back and, and like see. Maybe. See and maybe there was some of that too. But I, that, what question was on my mind? I was kind of like, well, what, what, what did they see in this fourth movie uh, that made them come back? Um, that made them want to, that made Lana want to come back and do it again, but not, not her sister. Well, didn't they answer that in the movie? Well, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it sounded to me like she was uh, threatened with some kind of contract. She was basically forced to do one for the company. For her. I don't know if that was... Uh, I mean, was, was that a tongue-in-cheek thing? I don't think that was a commentary on this movie. Yeah. I think I think that this movie was... It breaks the fourth wall a lot. It's very meta. Yeah, it's very, that, it breaks that, the fourth wall a lot. That does not fit with Matrix for me. Yeah, but, uh, um, but, but I okay. think a lot of that stuff is like the whole movie. They're looking back. They're looking back at the past. They're looking back at the other films, even so much that they have shots from the other films yeah. as flashbacks. Well, like an as, like of the movie literally projected on yeah. part of the wall. It's like it's they keep, super, they super it meta. Way too much. OK, way, 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 way too much. Um, So there like I get that you own that footage and you think it's cool. <laughs> like I remember because it's supposed it. to be memories. It's supposed to be, you know. I mean, sure. But at the same time, it's a game, and it's also a movie, and it's like it it's doesn't. A game, it's a movie. It's his past yeah. life. It's, it it dives down the rabbit hole like completely, and just sort of like opens itself up to like, I don't know what could happen next. Let's see. Let's go bonkers with this. Let's just see where we can go with it. Um, and so that first like half hour, I was like, this is really weird, and I don't know how to feel about it, but I really like it. <laughs> Like, I don't think, like, I, yeah, I was, the first I was, half <laughs> hour, I probably would say I liked it. Yeah. I felt like the whole movie was like, okay, I really like what they're doing here. I like that they're sort of analyzing the trilogy, like the movies themselves, and the reaction of 
like uh, we the audience to those movies by putting the like the all, so many characters that talk about Neo as being like oh man I, I know everything about you Neo I know all this stuff like I'm sort of like I'm a neologist or whatever mm. they call that guy and then even like his handler um, Jude or whatever is like um, a huge fan of the the Matrix the video the games trilogy, and he's yeah. just he knows everything about it he was you know all that stuff everybody knows everything about him and the whole time it feels like this must have been what it was like to be. Keanu Reeves back in real back life I back mean, when it was coming out. I mean, sure, and but so that's not a Matrix movie. <laughs> but is it though? But that's a Matrix. But is it a, though? That's a Matrix documentary about but, exactly. But exactly, yeah. yeah. That's what. That's the thing. Is yeah. it's like the first movie sort of blows your mind because it's like okay, it's it's proposing something like taking your world and saying okay that this is not it's not everything is as it seems. Um, you know, we're living in a simulation. It's not real. It then kind of like walks you out of that and into the real world. So, you know, even that movie may, like ends in a way that's like, oh, there's a future. But it felt like to me, like, oh, that's the end. Yeah. When I first saw it, I didn't think there was going to be a sequel. I thought, yeah, they built the cool world here. They could if they wanted, but to me, it didn't feel like it needed a sequel. It felt felt well, like very. Yeah. Now that he's all powerful. Yeah, just well, I mean, Re really, what can you even do? With that it felt point? like the characters do have a future, but we don't necessarily need to see it. Yeah. So then, when I found out there was a sequel, I was very surprised. And uh, I think a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, where they're like, "Can you believe it? We're going back to the Matrix!" Like all that stuff, I think is is a sort of like meta commentary on the experience of doing the sequels. Because what if like Matrix Reloaded, if anything is literally just more Matrix. Like, it's more of what you already know. It's more bullet time. The fact that they talk about bullet time as, like, a gimmick in this, in the movie itself, it's, like, yeah, it's and I, analyzing itself. I even like the idea of how they use it's that, too. a meta, like, documentary, and it's also a Matrix movie all at the same time. Like, it's doing so many things at once. Now, I'm not going to say that it does all those things perfectly, I, yeah. To me, there's a there's a little bit too much exposition. There's, well, there's too much <laughs> there's too much going on for any allegory. I feel like to be holding up at that point. I don't know if they were trying going for an allegory. I think there is allegory in it for sure, but I think they're using that to sort of break down. Yeah, but maybe that, some of the the uh, it, the conversation I, around those films. It should be its own thing at that point. Like it's not. I don't know. It's not a story in the Matrix anymore. It's a documentary of you telling me what the matrix was about yeah but you're using people you're using characters mouths mm -hmm. in the story it's it's weird it is weird it is weird but i kind of like it no, like i like yeah. that part of it now i, mean, I will say right. <laughs> i will say as a movie okay as a movie it is I, like uh, there is a lot of exposition it, it feels a little bit like tenant to me where tenant is basically just explaining let me, itself. Let me tell you how this works. Let me tell yeah. you how this movie is. You know, let me tell you this movie, basically. <laughs> and then this this movie felt a little bit like that, where it was like telling me what it was the whole time. Because every line of dialogue, like I'd say 90% of the movie, is characters explaining something to us. Um, and I was thinking back to the first Matrix and how there is a lot of exposition in that film, but it sort of gets to a point where it's like, okay, we think you got it now. Are you good? Yeah. Awesome. Now you can take the pill as the audience and here we go. And then the back half of that movie is just like, it's not trying to explain anything to you. It's letting you live in through these characters in the world, and it's really, yeah. really fun. 
you you finally earned the spot and now yeah. you can watch the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So then in Reloaded, it's basically just all exposition again. It's just like action scenes, exposition, action scenes, exposition. Yeah. Um, well, and it felt like they had to add in more things. Mm-hmm. So th- it had to be more. So Matrix, they could yeah. explain those things. Yeah. Le- see those two guys? They're ghosts. Ghosts mm-hmm. in the Matrix are this yeah. thing. See that lady? She's a vampire. Yeah. She's an emotional vampire. It was a lot of world emotional building. vampires in the Matrix. Blah blah blah. Yeah. See that guy? He's the Merovingian. Yep. The Merovingian is the leader. <laughs> it's like, but none of this okay. matters. I will say, I loved the scene with the Merovingian in this I, movie. I, it was so funny. <laughs> He's just so angry I about know. it. Like he had the world, and uh, and I don't, I don't Neo understand. Just like, took it away. Like the design of the all the um, exiles was basically like the warriors. Like they're just like yeah. all these like they just wear bicycle bike helmets with like paint, multicolored paint on it. <laughs> I also loved that they completely, completely ditched the the like black leather whole thing. Except for like at the end, yeah. Well, except but they for, ditched uh, that, and everybody's wearing for so much Trinity. color, like so much color. Yeah. yeah, Neo and Trinity at the end. I was like, oh, okay, we're back to the mm-hmm. big black trench coats <laughs> and sunglasses that you wear constantly. Yeah. Well, I, get, I mean, everybody had sunglasses. They all had like different color sunglasses, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's kind of wild. So, anyways, I want to. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts? I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, this. I would just be all over the place with different like. Why did they do this? Why did they yeah. do this in this scene? Why did they do this in this scene? Yeah. What? I don't understand what this was supposed to be. Yeah. I do like the, uh, I thought the uh, human body kinetic bombs was a. Uh, yeah. Was a soup. And suddenly the movie was like this weird horror movie. Yeah. That was terrifying. For like, <laughs> um, for like five <laughs> minutes. You're just like, oh, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're so, gosh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That whole scene and how they like hit the ground and then break into code and then sort of fizzle yeah. out and go. It was instead of gore, it's like co- a weird programming gore. It's really strange. Um, but I, I like that scene a lot. It was actually the only moment that, uh, I don't want to take my breath away. It's probably wrong, but that's it's the only moment that made me go, whoa, this is something I've never seen before. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's there's a lot of those moments yeah. in the original Matrix trilogy. Well, that, that would be something that I would say about this that doesn't fit as a Matrix movie because mm-hmm. it doesn't, I mean, aside from like, uh, not the architect, the analyst, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really, that and the body bombs is really like the only new stuff that we get. So it just feels like it's uh, like resting on its past laurels. I yeah, guess, well, in that, in that sort yeah. of sense. So I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I think that uh, I did find that interesting. That I was like, huh, the fact that I didn't feel anything that needed until to be that explained. moment. <laughs> well, no, until that moment, I was like, oh wow, that's like that's the first moment where I was like, you know, I remember him saying, you know, learning kung fu and us realizing he's downloading all this stuff, being like the coolest thing ever, and like, mm-hmm. oh, you can fly, like, or you can jump really far over buildings, you can do all this stuff, and like, you know, all these things that they can do it was like. Well, it constantly inspiring. Yeah, and it constantly felt like you can do that. Yeah, it was so cool. You can do that. Um, and that was the first moment where it was like, oh, or, that's or something what's new. That? Yeah, that's something new. Everything else felt very much like it was regurgitating. Yep. <laughs> what it had already given you, but I we've think already we've already been here. We've already that it's lived doing here. that on purpose. Yeah. It's regurgitating itself at you on purpose, and there's a reason for that. And I'm not going to try and. Like, like I said, some of this stuff was like, this is kind of where I was going, but I was like, I don't know if that's really what's happening here or if this is just maybe a bad movie. <laughs> I couldn't tell if I was like, I'm like, I don't know. 
Like I think they're doing something, but I'm not sure. Which is why I went to read some articles, and I need yeah. to read. I need to read one too because it's. it's a I, w- I will say bomb. you you pulled me. Ar- you basically pulled me around on old. You're not. You're not getting. This. Maybe not. Maybe you're not, not doing it to this. Let one. me. Let's try. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's take a look here. Okay. So there's two I want to read to you. By the way, this is going to be a shameless plug for um, Letterboxd, which is a pretty great app. So <laughs> download today on your new iPhone. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right, so the first one is by Thomas Flight. He's a, a YouTuber, pretty good guy. I, I don't know him, but I, I like and I enjoy his videos and stuff. <laughs> I, I imagine he does he's a great guy. Um, but he has his review is 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 this here. This is what he says. All right, so Thomas Flight says this as like a normal movie, six out of ten. This as a blockbuster budget, thinly veiled essay on the impact of the Matrix trilogy and its reception, ten out of ten. <laughs> and it's like yes, okay. So I'm like, all right, cool. Okay, so my, I'm I'm on the right track here. I'm thinking, okay, other people are picking this up too. But then this guy, okay, takes it even further. All right, uh, okay. So this is this is David Ehrlich from IndieWire. Okay, and this is a bit long, uh, and there is uh, there is some language in it, so I apologize ahead of time. Um, but I am quoted him. Uh, he says it's fitting, maybe even fate, that Spider-Man: No Way Home should be the biggest budget and virtually only movie in the world on the week that The Matrix Resurrections is released. Both are mega-budget meta-sequels that feed on our collective familiarity with their respective franchises. One is poison. The other is its antidote. One is a safe plastic monument to the solipsism of today's studio cinema and orgiastic celebration of how studio filmmaking has created a feedback loop so powerful that it's programmed audiences to reject anything that threatens its perfection and to clap like seals for anything that reaffirms it, even if that means cheering for the quote-unquote unexpected return of heroes and villains they were once eager to leave behind. The other is a jagged little red pill of a blockbuster that exhumes its intellectual property with such a pronounced sense of deja vu that the comforts of its memory start to feel like the bars of a cage, and the perfect circle of its feedback loop blurs into a particle accelerator spinning faster and faster in order to create something new and romantic. One is a crowd-pleasing testament to the idea that even, or especially, the biggest fictions can shrink our imaginations. The other is a fun, ultra-sincere galaxy brain reminder that we can only break free of the stories that make our lives smaller by seeing through the binaries that hold them in place. Us versus them, real versus fake, Corporate versus personal art, reboot versus rebirth, etc. versus etc. If No Way Home is the snake eating its tail with such reckless abandon that it fools itself into thinking it's full, The Matrix Resurrections is the rare blockbuster that dares to ask what else might be on the menu. It's the boldest and most vividly human franchise sequel since The Last Jedi if also messier and more postmodern than Ryan Johnson's miraculous addition to the <laughs> Star Wars canon, Amen. Amen. it will likely prove the most divisive as well. Doubling down on the Alice in Wonderland spirit of its franchise, The Matrix Resurrections is a movie that will only appeal to fans interested in seeing how deep the rabbit hole goes. Anyone simply looking for more Matrix isn't just shit out of luck. They're in for an experience that will toy with their expectations for more than two hours without fulfilling a single one of them. I'll agree with that, yeah. 
All right, podcast uh, is over. Well, well, <laughs> well yeah. Anyways, anyways uh, anyway, I, need I to... said I'll agree with that, it sounded like <laughs> I'll agree with that because I hate the movie. That's not what I mean. I, I gotcha. mean, like, <laughs> I will agree with that. It, it, I mean, it, it is toying with that the entire time. Uh, I want to give credit again. That was not delivering it. That was David Ehrlich uh, of IndieWire. Those not my words, but I definitely, I definitely like that review. <laughs> those aren't, um, my, those aren't my words, but mostly because it's good to hear someone talk about the Last Jedi in a positive way. Yes, <laughs> my goodness. Uh, yeah, and everyone in this room uh, loved the Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm sorry, anyone at home that hates it. You're objectively uh, wrong. Yeah, first off, please don't tune out. Um, <laughs> please don't tune out. Hear us out. It's, uh, it's disagree the, with this if the you best like. Star Wars That's movie. totally fine, but stick around, man. Stick around. But but I, I don't see how this Matrix fulfilled on that. So I yeah I definitely think that it is a. I think it tried. Sort of, I think it tried. It's a it's sort of a bait and switch. Yeah. It sort of feels like it tricked us into basically wanting more of what we saw. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm guilty of that. Like I came because I liked the other ones and I wanted more matrix. Yeah. Well, even stuff like they're uh, anytime they came up with anytime they were mentioning something that had already happened, it was like, they were kind of making fun of you for wanting to see more of it. Mm -hmm. Like, look, Ooh, bullet time. Look, mm -hmm. he can't escape the bullet time. Yeah, yeah. Look at the bullet time. And it's like, okay, geez. <laughs> yeah, a whole scene with bullet time is terrible. We get it. Uh, look how long we can pull the bullet time. I mean, yeah, but but that to me is I don't know. It feels like a Saturday Night Live parody, not a Matrix movie. I so I wouldn't. I think that's maybe a little low. I think sure. Look, is no, it, I mean uh, low. No, I liked the whole. I like the scene out of context. I liked it. It looked good. It was well made. I, I mean, I'm not trying to give it a low blow, uh -huh. but it feels like a parody of the thing that it's a satire. It is. It's a satire for sure. Yeah, but that I don't know. That's not. That's not Matrix, and I and I guess I guess the people who own the rights to the script are more allowed to tell me what isn't is isn't a Matrix story. I guess, but to me, that is not a Matrix so, story. I yes, on the surface level, I would agree. On the the level of like what happens in the movie, yes. But I think what the movie is about, the original Matrix, what it's about, which is the idea of of waking up to the world around you. It's not just that we actually live in a simulation. I don't think that that is the, what the Wachowskis think. I think what they're doing is they're showing, they're holding up a mirror to us and saying, look, you're living your life. Like most of us, not you, not just you, most of us live our lives in a way that is just repeating the past. It's just doing the same thing over and over again. And it brings that up in the thing. And it's like, look, if you're happy doing that, that's fine, but there are a lot of people that are not happy with that, and there is more. And it's sort of trying to, like, it is again, essentially trying to wake you up, you know, to use the terminology in the film. Um, yeah, and, the first... and be open to that idea. And that, you know, you can get into the, the specifics, which in the movie are going to be like, they were in a simulation, that there's robots, and there's all this stuff. And the, the sequels double down on that. Mm. They don't really do anything new as far as, like, philosophically what the first film does. And yeah. I think that this movie resurrections tries to do something new philosophically by waking us up once more because we've fallen back asleep. 
we we are it's showing us it's like look look at what you're doing with things like Spider-Man. I mean a lot of the stuff that I said about Spider-Man was like I, we've done this before. We've been here before. I'm not interested in it. Like we've done you know with when I mentioned the uh the into the Spider-Verse. It was like this is just this is just another live, that but not as that, yeah. it's not as good and I get that the, yes it's fun it's it's you know it's a great you know romp in through superhero town and it's a good time but at the end of the day it doesn't add anything to do the, new to the conversation it doesn't make me think about anything and maybe that's you know you can get in the argument out of uh, well I don't go to the movies to think well okay great then you can well, take the blue I, pill well I do you know yeah. I mean I don't want to <laughs> but like that's my thing is like I don't I see movies as art and I want I want to be I want make, to be challenged. Make me think in a new way. Make exactly. New and way. I think that that's what this movie is doing on speed. This movie is like, forget that it's a movie. It, it is now more than just a movie. It's a video game. It's it's a commentary. It's a documentary on on fandom of these yeah, things. Yeah, definitely it's, tried to be a It's doing all of that commentary at once. and a documentary. Yes. Yeah, it, now, I'm not saying it works every time. <laughs> I'm not saying it works every time. I because just, I think I that, <laughs> you know, I think that it would be, I think... For me, what would make this movie great is if it did all of this that, we, that I've been talking about mm-hmm. and then somehow surpassed itself even within those same boundaries. Yeah. Right now, it feels a little bit like, like you said, it does feel a little bit cruel at times. Like they're holding a treat in front of you and saying, yeah, there's going to be a big Matrix moment. You just wait. You just wait. And then there never is. And it's like... All right, now we're just gonna go be free, and even at the end of the last scene, yeah. like he's like, "What now? Like, what? Are you okay? You did this. What, who, what changed? Go, Literally go, nothing. Go paint changed. the sky with rainbows. Yeah. Do whatever you and want. And they're like, yeah. "Yeah, that sounds good." And it's like, "Wait, what? Like, I left as a Matrix fan, unsatisfied because it didn't feed that that part of me that wanted to be there. But I think that the movie itself is more important than that. And I think that there's the fact that they made it a Matrix movie is a statement." Like, could have made this. You mentioned that you thought that, well, why don't you say what you thought about binary and all that stuff? Yeah, it even felt it felt like she had made a movie called Binary and was uh, tongue-in-cheek getting back at him for, mm-hmm. like, passing on that project and basically telling her she had to do another uh, Matrix movie if she ever wants any other contract, you know. Mm-hmm. But, and that may or may not be true. Yeah, but it felt, like, watching that scene, it's like, did that happen? Like, I mean, I think that's, I th- like, like I said, I think is that's that maybe. why that's in there. Like, <laughs> that might be how they felt with Reloaded. You know, they may have felt like, oh, no, no, no. We're, you have this new idea. We're not going to do that. We're going to do more Matrix. Yes. Well, and, even going back to what you said before, too, like uh, uh, the original Matrix to me was more like, like what you said, red pill, blue pill, keep doing the same thing or wake up out of that life, change your life, you know, make that choice. To me, the second one was more focused on. Free will versus determinism. Do you yeah. even have a choice? Or was it all like chosen for you? Is this fate? Are you being guided by some outside force? Mm-hmm. And then the third one was the second and the third one are really like one yeah. story. They just split up into two movies. So I would say the second one is really more about free will versus determinism, whereas the first one is more about busting open and making like you make a choice, you be responsible for it. And then in choosing, you choose happiness. You choose your life. Uh, wh- am I missing it? That where's that in this one? What's this one about in that philosophical sort of way? Other other than pointing at the viewer and being like, "You dummy." I don't think it's it's necessarily pointing at the viewer and being saying "You dummy." 
It, it does feel like that at times. I will I will say that. <laughs> but I think it's 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 pointing a mirror at all of us. I mean, there's yeah, I'm fine. There's, I, I uh, want that. Look, point the mirror at me. Like, go for it. Yeah. But make me make me feel something. Like, point out something. Say something. Do something. I don't feel like I don't. I feel like this movie. I feel like the fourth one was like. Look what we're gonna do! Look what we're gonna show you! We're gonna blow your friggin' mind! And then it was—I don't—I don't feel like they did. I think, but I think that's intentional. I don't think they did on purpose. Uh, I think they're building it up to be anticlimactic. I think that's the point. I mean, I, I don't know. There's so much to unpack in this thing because there's—I mean, think about the analyst, okay? Like this guy who, within the 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 story itself, is is a machine that has taken. Uh, advantage of an opportunity of a success like it is like oh we've been given this golden ticket which is neo's body essentially at the end of the third one but metaphorically we've been given this golden ticket which is the matrix film here it is now how can i literally milk it for all it's worth and create a a franchise even bigger and better than before by reanimating the bodies of of uh, the Matrix and Trinity, and then there even being something within that saying, but the Matrix can't even exist wholly without that human element, which is Trinity brought into it. If Neo sort of like represents the uh, the lore, the fiction, the the sort of you know uh, mind bending, the, the overcoming uh, power, overcoming humanity, overcoming limitation. Yeah, yeah all you that. Also need. You need your Trinity. You need Trinity to, in order yeah. for it to be healthy. And he says he realizes that. And so then they sort of create this perfect machine, which is like ongoing and everything. And so well, I don't know. That's it's the, just that's the, sna- yeah, with, the snake chasing his tail. Yes. The Ouroboros. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think that there's a there is a lot in this movie to think about. And I don't think that it is going to that it works as a a Matrix sequel in the traditional sense. I think Thomas Flight was onto something when he said that it doesn't work as a regular movie but it does work as sort of like a meta documentary of the series itself, its impact on the world. And not only that, but just the impact on the people who made it on the artists who were part of it. There's a line, uh, again, the analyst says this in the, I think it's one of the first sessions he has with, uh, with Thomas Anderson um, when he's still plugged in where he's talking about how he's like, you took, you know, pieces of, of your life, you know, when he's mentioning uh, Tiffany, and you put it into your game. You took trauma in your own life uh, from your attempted suicide and put it in your game, you know, all, whatever, all that stuff. Uh, I don't actually know if that's the last part's right, but took parts of your life and put it into your game, and that's okay. You know, it's like it's okay to take things that you've done before or that other people have done and draw from them in new ways. He's like, uh, and then I wish I remembered what he said next. Um, I want to say that he almost actually said something that sort of undermines his whole thing, um, <laughs> which I think is interesting. But yeah, I want I want to put my foot in my mouth by saying giving him a line that he didn't actually say. But I felt like there was something there that they were making a comment on on sort of what it's like to be a creator of something that you know is drawing from other sources, but becomes a new thing in the process, and how that is sort of like that is an okay thing to do. It is giving permission to artists to look at the past to look at what's come before and draw from them but at the same time it's saying but don't just regurgitate what you've ingested like don't just take it and then slap a new paint job on it and then it's the same and then it ends up being the same thing 
And I think that that movie is showing you this by doing it on purpose and pointing at it, being like, look, see, there's the Matrix movie <laughs> on the wall right there. You can see they look through the mirror and they see old old Morpheus here and then all this over here. And like, and even when they go to Zion, or not Zion, but Io, Io yeah. and it's uh, it has sky now. But even when you're there, I couldn't wait to leave. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I liked the idea of the sky thing and how they explain all of it and all that stuff. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, but but Niobe's like, she's stuck in the past. Like, she won't see past that. And she, she needs to in order for them to survive. And so there's a little bit of, I don't know, there's something there to that. But Yeah, what was Steve, Ur- what was, uh, Steve Urkel's aunt? doing there was that who that was the <laughs> strawberry lady actually actually it was uh the winslow aunt it wasn't steve urkel gotcha but the aunt in the show that steve urkel was, was that was that like her mother her wife I, I couldn't figure out what that lady i literally couldn't figure out what yeah, that lady i don't was know doing. i'm not sure she was just there and just i was there, like yeah. who is this person <laughs> yeah she sort of reminded me of like an, the she had a, like an oracle vibe to her but also so did uh sunshine girl I can't remember her name. The uh, the girl next to the well. Yeah, the, that like the makes train the sunshine at the end of the third yeah. film. Um, uh, but she also was. I meant to go back and look at that. That wasn't that wasn't her as a kid. I don't. Was it? I don't think so. But I don't. I don't actually know. Yeah, I don't think it was. Could have been. Well, I'll look that up later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was though. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of her name right now. The lady married to one of the Jonas Brothers. That's who that was. But I don't think that was her as a kid mm. in Matrix Three. Yeah, but yeah, right when she showed up, I was like, "Is that the train station girl?" Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> I mean, I get why I get why you would like it, but it just, it doesn't feel <laughs> it doesn't feel like a Matrix story. Like if they're gonna make another Spider Man movie, I don't want it to be a documentary of the filmmaking of Spider Man one through three. Oh, another Spider-Man story. Yeah. I think they're, I I don't know. I think that's their point. I think their point is like, look, we're not going to give you more Matrix. Like, because that would be boring. I will, I will say if they do not make any more Matrix movies, then I will like this one more. Yeah. Well, the Wachowskis. If they use Warner Brothers can probably do whatever they they want. If they use this as a jumping off point (laughs) for more, it's If the Wachowskis do, then yes. double sick. Well, yeah, yeah, then it's like, well, okay, hold on. I think you just, I think your point was like, guys, the Matrix is done. (laughs) We're not making, we're not making any more, but you're making me make a Matrix movie. So (laughs) here you go. But but that's what it feels like. If in 20 years they haven't made another Matrix movie, I'll up my score on this one. Fifty uh, percent. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. To me, that's that's kind of been my thing. <clears throat> the fact that uh, that IndieWire article that I read mentions the Last Jedi, that's been my biggest thing with with the whole Star Wars, Disney acquiring Star Wars, and and uh, you know a lot of the divisiveness around Star Wars right now uh, is that it didn't do anything new. Well, it didn't do I anything. I don't understand what they even tried to do well but no this is the thing that's crazy to me is like the all the stuff that is successful quote unquote successful right now yeah is the stuff that's just repeating itself it's just the fan service it's just the things that are like wink wink nudge nudge hey you remember this you like this think, thing I here's think, more of that i think here's a boba biggest, fett show because you like boba fett i like, think that's just the biggest people that have those properties are just playing safe with what they have right I don't. I don't necessarily think that people want all this nostalgia barf being thrown out. But when that's what's thrown out with the big stuff, 
That's what everybody's going to see. Of course. Like the Spider-Man, this third Spider-Man movie did not have to be a nostalgia fest. And it still would have done, I don't know, within 20% of what it's doing. Like maybe nostalgia does bump it up 10, 20%. Mm -hmm. But that's like all I'm being fed. Like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. The, when that's all I'm being fed, I don't know how we can make statements like if it was something else, it wouldn't taste as good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Give me something different. And like that, and that to me was what from episode seven, Star Wars, to episode eight, they gave it to a different director. They gave it and said, let him write his own thing and go his own way. And he went his own way and he did his own thing. And then halfway, it feels honestly like halfway through the movie, they're like, stop, stop that, stop it, back it up, walk it back. Can't do that. What were you thinking? <laughs> like he killed Sidious, not Sidious. No. He um, killed uh, Snoke. He killed Snoke. And I was like, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Because well, he's not going to be the next big bad because yeah. he just died like it was. <laughs> and then, uh, and then what's his name? Kylo not, Ren. not Vader. Yeah. Kylo Ren goes like, forget all this dark side, light side crap. Join me. And I seriously like my heart left in my throat. I was like, yes, bring balance to the force. Ray, do it. Grab his hand, team up with this guy, do it. And then she went, no. And I was like, that's, that feels like Kathleen Kennedy just jumped in and went too far. Too far, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> and, like, she wrote the rest of the script, and she was like, film them doing this and nothing else but this, and then that's what we're putting out. And, like, like even even the little ending that he added on was like, anybody could be using the force. Every Look, look, this kid, this little nobody's playing with a broom outside, and he's using the force. Isn't it wonderful that everyone has it now? And the ninth movie is like, no, only Palpatine. Her dad can only be Palpatine. <laughs> only they can have the powers. Only this two, <laughs> only these two guys. Only within this family. And guess what? She's not even allowed to like anyone else. She has to like the other guy who also has the force. They're going to kiss. Watch them kiss. They kissed. Don't you hate it? Didn't you like it, though? You liked it and you hated it. It's like... Tell me a new story. What is this garbage? I I don't I don't actually <sighs> think that the the movie the the Last Jedi feels like a like it walked itself back a little bit when Ray says no. I think that there's there's a statement there, and then that continues the conflict between them and sets us up perfectly for what could have been a really fantastic ending to that trilogy. But then they Ooh, I think I, want, I, want I think JJ be... came in and they were like, this isn't what makes us money, guys. More of the same, please. Give me more of the same, more of the stuff that I, I mean, love. Because he had proved it in seven, but that was his idea for seven. Was he didn't prove anything in seven. All he proved was that that Star Wars will make money. Yes, that, but that's what I'm saying. But, but not more because, of the same because it was nostalgia, and he was kind of recreating the the fourth episode, yeah. which is fine. You can do yeah. that. To me, it felt like a good. Re like a good um, Star Wars for a new generation. Yes. To me, I wasn't bothered too much by the fact that it was basically a new hope because it felt like, okay, this is Star Wars for a modern era. When, when there's, you know, a lot of kids, they don't want to watch the classic trilogy because <laughs> they're old. Like, I like it because I grew up with it. Yeah. But a lot of people watch it and they go, I don't, feels this old. is boring. Feels old. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it feels old. <laughs> like, I get that. I it's this, That is a very real thing. So I think what he did with the first one 
with Force Awakens was was fine with me. Could mm-hmm. it have done something different and something new within that? Yes, and I think that would have been better. But at the same time, I mean, even George Lucas, that was his whole thing was when he saw it was like, oh, you didn't do anything new. Yeah. And it was like, it made him sad. And I'm like, yeah. And so Ryan Johnson comes in and is like, I'm doing something new. And he just freaking gets crucified yeah. well, for yeah. it. And it's like, everyone's like, no. And I will say, you at can't the, change at the time, anything. It's like, uh, oh JJ Abrams. I, I did, at the time, I had not yet realized that his niche really seems to be nostalgia, the yeah. movie featuring, and then like whatever yeah. uh, big uh, franchise he's working in. Like, uh-huh. no matter what. Star Trek, like some of this stuff in Star Trek, the the new con one only makes sense because you, the audience, knows mm-hmm. who that guy already is. Even though in this story, no one knows who he is. like. And as soon as like Benjamin, whatever his name, Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch goes, I am Khan. Like the other characters in that movie go, Oh, he's Khan. They they have no idea who Khan is. They don't know. <laughs> Like and the music like spikes because it's con and you the audience go oh it's con no one knows who that man is at that point he has not been established in this universe ever you uh, the the viewer from thir- the past thirty years in America has an inkling of who con is just just from the name of it and like that's what that scene is like that's the only way that scene can be interpreted is that scene. He wasn't talking to the people in the scene with him. He was talking to you, breaking the fourth wall, and that's it. And that's all uh, that whole scene means, and there's no other meaning in it. Like, it doesn't further the story. It's like, I am Khan, or whatever he says. It's like, okay, so? Like, that's your name? (laughs) But, yeah, like like we're all supposed to go, like, Khan, clap, 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 clap. No, that's not a, that's not what a story is. It's not me like throwing out a meme and then going ah, dancing stormtroopers. Yeah, no, that's not well, a, that's not what a movie is. So it sounds to me like you agree with what the Matrix Resurrections is trying to say so to say, but you don't. Let's make it a Matrix documentary. <laughs> you yes. don't want it to actually be a Matrix movie. I feel like it's more potent though, as of literally as the thing that it's, it is it's more criticizing. Po- it's more potent at kind of making me sad that I didn't get to see what I wanted to see. Sure. Mm, okay. All right. I bet that's fair. That's fair. I'm not gonna. Not gonna say no and, to that. And and not in like a fanboy way. Like you didn't bring me what I wanted, because that's what I liked about Episode Eight Star Wars. Like it was telling a Star Wars story in a new direction. Mm-hmm. It, w- it wasn't yeah. meta commentary about what Star Wars meant to me twenty years ago versus. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that if it could have done something new within in the confines the, in of the story in the universe, would have freaking loved it. Yeah. Yes. And I don't think they do that. I think that's the thing that it really needed to do to like okay to really like. Would have yeah. loved it. I'd I'd be singing its praises. Ten out of ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. it could still be as meta and fourth wall breaking. I think for me because I liked a lot of that stuff. But yeah, I think you're right. There is something about it that's like okay. To me, you have to maintain. You're criticizing these things, metaphor. but you are also that thing that you are criticizing. In a in a way, yeah. To I mean, it's literally just rehashing old and so many lines of like, just like old times, you know. But whatever, it's like stupid stuff like that. That's just like. 
Here we are again. Yep. Okay. All that stuff. Hey, here's your favorite characters. Yeah. Um, and, and the whole, I don't know why this won't even make any sense. Probably the whole time watching this, I was just thinking this feels like an anime that tries to play with your head to come off smarter than it actually is. And as someone who doesn't watch anime, you probably get that even less. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, there's just some anime where, I don't know, where it'll be like, this guy's smart. He is a detective. He is a very smart detective. Watch him walk into this room. And then he'll be like, eyes flash around the room. Eyes flash around. The, and then like, you know, like Sherlock Holmes is trying to do. Yeah. Now. It's like, oh, you were in Nepal last week. It's like, oh, how would you know that, Inspector? <laughs> like, stuff like that. And it's like, he's not. Okay, fine. Yeah, you wrote that to make him sound smart. That doesn't mean, like, that's a smart move. Yeah. Uh, or even, like, more than that. Or when they'll come up with something blatantly obvious and, be, and then just treat the character like, you're the only one that could have ever come up with that. It's like, anyone could have come up with that. <laughs> It felt like common sense to me, but, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. This whole thing, the Matrix thing felt like 20-minute segments or, like, 30-minute segments, and, like, it should have been a show. And then I would have even been more okay with it. Like, this 30 minutes is kind of feels like a documentary. Did you ever see the Animatrix where it was, like, six yeah. different movies within the Matrix? Yeah. I mean, they're all animated. They were all stories within the Matrix. But I just mean, like, each one did its own little thing. And it was like cohesive as a whole. This happened in the Matrix. Okay. Okay. I would have been more okay with this movie being, I mean, however you can divide it into segments and being like a limited series. Mm. And then you could have had one 30 minute one that dealt with it tongue in cheek, you know, documentary style. And then have another one where he is just coding the video game. And making fun of it with his pals at work. And then yeah. another one where it's like, is this his past life? Is this a dream? Is this his past <laughs> life? And like it keeps like chopping it all up like that. And honestly, even describing that, I feel like I would like that a lot more yeah, than the I, chop suey this movie kind so, of felt like. Yeah. The, honestly, how you're putting it, though, is pushing me back on the other side of the scale of like, no, I think the way this movie works right now is by, is, is by messing with is you and the, the best form and it because because yes you say that and it's like oh yeah we would accept it it would be easier to swallow if this were just one episode in a limited series that was really more matrix like yeah. more what i want but then it wouldn't have it wouldn't be so eye-opening as a literally well, like it, i mean it definitely it, wouldn't be the blockbuster calls movie it for a, you to go see sure blah, 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 yeah. but i'm not even talking about that i'm just saying like like anywhere calls it a red pill like a jagged red pill that is like being dropped into the zeitgeist of the state of movies right now like it's literally a red pill itself going wake up this is what you're doing this is every single movie you're seeing is just rehashing the same stuff over and over it's spoon feeding you your own tail and it's just going back and forth and you're just you're tricking yourself into thinking that you're you're satisfied. Yeah, but I don't know if that's not. I don't know if that's so much the audience as the creators, though. What but, do you mean? Like, like I feel like the creators don't feel safe enough, and you can say that's because uh, I don't think their mission the creators is to. Don't I don't think they safe. want to create more Matrix. I think they want to say that, like well, to say I, I what they like. I mean everything, like Star Wars, all of it. They don't feel safe journeying out of that nostalgia bubble because. 
Money-wise, sure. Because money, yeah. But I think there's plenty but, of filmmakers but at the, that... But at the same time, it's like, if that's all the Star Wars that I get, and Star Wars is going to make a minimum of $2 billion per movie, yeah, it's, it's that is the thing that's chasing its own tail. It's not the consumer coming in demanding more nostalgia to appease its own taste. It's the industry only feels safe making this financial bet because it's been proven historically. Yeah. I I think that they're making an argument that it's like, well, that's two, di- that's two different snakes Ugh. chasing two different tails. I don't know. know. It, it's yeah. To me, I, I yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, well, yeah, I guess they're justified because it's, because it's, they're chasing the money. That's where they're going. No, I, I honestly could care less about that. I think like, let's tell good stories. Let's, let's create art and let's do stuff that, isn't going to be financially like a guarantee let's oh, make something yeah, that's, I would agree. that's maybe gonna lose money i mean <laughs> i would like, agree but like the big the people holding the biggest stuff uh, are just not going to do that uh i get it and i yeah. think but i think that's what this movie's doing is it's criticizing like the fact that we are fueling that so with if, our own so money. If this movie makes more than spider-man <laughs> <laughs> it won't <laughs> It won't. No, no. But that's the thing. Nor do I think it should, really. But but I think they're they're just saying, hey, look, like this is where we are. Uh, Your, you know, essentially your wallet is the thing that's making it happen. You're giving them money. Like I, you and I are giving them money to make us more Spider-Mans, you know, like we're doing that. One. I'm uh, not anymore with Star Wars. One, fine. Make those. And and I'm going to, whatever the new Star Wars come out, I'm going to watch those too. Oh, I'm saying I'm I'm the opposite. I'm I'm kind of done with it. Uh, I don't think I don't think I could be. Even if they start like really just putting out garbage, I, I still like Star Wars. You know, I still yeah, even I, even if it's a even if it's a crappy scratch, it still scratches. To me, itch. it's not Star Wars anymore. It doesn't even doesn't even get close to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Huh. I don't know. I mean, to me, it does. I, I mean, even That's like fine. old Star Wars games, like they're on NES, Super NES, they were not good. Those are but, fine. But playing them at the time when I was a kid, I was like, <laughs> Star Wars. Well, yeah, of course. Growing up, all that stuff was great. I mean, I played Star Wars cards and loved everything about those games and things like that. But I'm talking about, like, the new stuff. Just pretty much most of the stuff post Last Last Jedi. Uh, oh, yeah. Episode 9 was garbage. garbage. Not but just e- the movies. But even if you'd have gone, gone to me could. and been like, hey, Episode 9's garbage, I would still be like, yeah, I'm still going to go see it. <laughs> And and yeah. Mandalorian to me is exactly how good I thought it was gonna be. It's not great. I'm never probably gonna watch them again. But anytime they come out the new season, definitely gonna watch it. I think I'm just at a place personally where I I am tired of time. going in <laughs> and walking away from movies like this or shows like this and saying, "Man, it had so much potential. It could have been so much better." And yet they were too afraid or were too worried about reaching a, a broad audience uh, in order to uh, to make some bold choices. I'm only interested now, I think, in the ones, like the filmmakers who are going to make the bold choices. And so if, while there's a part of me, you know, that is like, man, I would love to jump into the book of Boba Fett and, and like see where they're going to go with that. I know that they're going to go nowhere. They're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, but it. at the same time, what, it's 10 hours? And that's 10 hours, man. Uh, I got other stuff I got a, I got a lot of hours there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm wi- I don't got like, that I'm, time I'm anymore. totally willing to put I gotta pick and choose and it feels like sugar. Just feels like sugar coated air to me. It's like it's just fluff. Yeah. 
And you know what? I, like, I, this sounds harsh. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to, to, to get on to to people that enjoy that type of thing. No, um, I mean some people like you said sugar coated air like cotton candy. Some people love cotton candy. Go yeah. for it. Like, I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see people. You can't survive candy. on sugar. Co- you can't survive on cotton candy. <laughs> I see people eating cotton candy or like little kids, and they're like, "Mmm, good." And I'm like, "Is it? Is it though?" Yeah, and and oh my! Like, if any of the dudes I work with are listening to this, and this makes it like, and I said I didn't love the Mandalorian. There, I'm three days. You didn't love the Mandalorian. Yeah. You didn't. You're not looking forward to Bubba. F- no, I mean they're all. Oh, they're all okay. They're all Star Warsy things, and I will watch it when they come out. But I know it's not gonna be that great. Like, like, did anyone like? Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Did anyone? I didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, but I did, and I couldn't tell you what happened in that show. Like, did anyone like it? I don't know. So I haven't seen it, so I can't actually say. But I will say this about, um, uh, ultimately we're getting down to basically Disney is 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 sort of <laughs> the evil, sort of defining the nostalgic. They're, they're sort of defining <laughs> this this um era of of filmmaking. You know, for us, I mean, they literally controlled all those big franchises, Star Wars, Marvel, all that stuff, where it's just like. Yeah, I also think they always kind of have. But for me, they really never did. Like growing up, uh, uh, growing up, people would be like, did you watch Lion King when I'm in like elementary school? Did you watch Beauty and the Beast? And I'm like, I don't like that. Do you like that? And then everyone else that I ever talked to, like every other kid in my grade, is 100% about that uh, movie, about that show, about that about the Disney Channel, about the Disney parks. And I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't think I ever did. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm an anti-Disney boy. I don't know. Well, I was going to say the... To go back to like the Marvel TV shows that are out right now that are big, um, I I started watching, um, WandaVision because I was like, okay, this is interesting. They're doing something different. They're doing something new, and the best parts of that show were the parts where they really leaned into the weirdness of it. Where they really leaned into its premise. And the, the the you know the world that they kind of set up, and its weakest parts were when it tried to be just like the Marvel films, yeah. when it was like when it went outside the bubble and was like, hey, this is just a Marvel movie broken up into you know however many episodes, uh, and then by the end, like the finale to me was just a Marvel. garbage heap. It just was like, oh, okay, it's all this stuff that doesn't matter. Like like you you should have just leaned into all the stuff that made those first like four or five episodes really good and really interesting. And then just made more of that, like let it be its own thing. And, but it's like, no, it's, it's all part of the big picture. It has to be, it has to kind of assimilate back into. And there has to be a big boss um, fight at the end where yeah. the skies turn red. And, yeah. Yeah. And blue versus red and color versus color, whatever Harry Potter type thing, you know, um, uh, <clears throat> which not a bash on Harry Potter. It's just, that is a good example of that. Uh, yeah, it's, but the other thing is like I like Loki. It seems like everything turns like, into that at the end now. Yeah, <laughs> it's 
Like uh, everything. Yeah. Like video game at the end. There's a big boss fight with a blue sky and you're red and shoot yeah. like it seems like more of the same. It, yeah. It seems like everything <laughs> now is turning into uh like it starts off weird and whatever, and at the end it's a fight with a good guy and a bad guy, and usually the bad guy is a hundred stories taller than the good guy. And the good guy wins mm-hmm. because good guys win. I'm yeah, I'm getting kind of tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I like Loki. Like I I I'm trying to kind of like you know I'm saying all this stuff about I think what the Matrix Resurrections is saying I think is really pertinent. But at the same time, I am <laughs> I enjoy some of the stuff that they're doing. But I think, and this is just me sort of trying to justify it. But I think that. You know, I liked that for the beginning of WandaVision because it was doing something new and something different in a weird way, and I liked that. And I stopped liking it, stopped being interested when it when it retreated back to its its the familiarity familiarity of you know the Marvel look, you know, yeah. on, on as far as cinematic look goes. Um, uh, not to say cinematic look as in like how it looks like movies. I mean, like the way they've chosen to present the Marvel universe as films. Um, the, uh, the Loki series to me is, is, uh, is interesting. It's doing some new stuff. It's doing some, some interesting things that not just with its story, like not just with like, Oh, where are they going to go with this? But with how they shot it, how they, um, are, are letting the characters have more agency than they normally have. Um, there was a lot of stuff in there that I thought was really good. And some of the episodes that people didn't really care that much for were some of my favorites. Cause I was like, this one is great. Cause it's not trying to be a Marvel movie. It's just doing, <laughs> doing something, something interesting. Finally. Yeah. And um, it's like anytime the movie, they, they, they go back and they try and just be like, they've always done, you know, be just do what they've always done again and again is when I just, I sort of lose interest and I tune out. I don't, I don't want more of the thing I love. I want you to, you know, take me somewhere new with the thing that I love, you know, like I bringing back Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian season two is not a moment where I stand up and go, yay. It's a moment where I roll my eyes and go, why are we doing this again? Like, why is Luke here? I don't care about Luke. I want to know more about like, you know, the, the Mandalorian, else, literally the main that, character. Anyone else in the room? Yeah, and then yeah, and then Luke shows up, and it's like, listen, it's the dude, it's the music he's taking. Yeah. It's like just like get him out of there. Show me anyone else in that room at that like. Don't even waste screen time. Yeah, don't show me his face. Just point it at anyone else. Yeah. I would have liked that more. <laughs> it, it's I mean, even uh, Rogue One falls falls victim to this too. It's like they have they have several. Perfectly good characters to work with, to like dig into and explore, and yet they don't give those characters the time of day. Yeah. Uh, instead, like, they at, spend a lot at like look at Tarkin. Darth Vader yeah. and Tarkin and all this stuff, and they have a, a Tarkin, perfectly Tarkin's good. Tarkin's dead. Yeah. Look at our look at our CGI. Of they Tarkin. have a perfectly good villain in Krennic, who's then pushed to the side to make way for, for nostalgia train that Vader and, and Tarkin are, are spooning on. And it's like, what the heck? Like, like let, let them, let <laughs> I could go all day on this. Remember that Princess kind of stuff Le- is like, remember Princess Leia? Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's, I remember. Makes me sick. So I, I feel like 
I feel like we are like we're, we agree, but we don't agree. Like I don't like I get where you're coming from. I think the Matrix Resurrections is like it's pointing at that. They're going and going. Look, see how gross it is. Yeah, like I see how gross it is like, when you know it's happening. I like what it said. <laughs> I I don't think I liked how it said it. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going in circles now. We're eating our own tail now with this conversation. Ouroboros. Oh, <laughs> there's a there's one of the. Whereas the evils, that's something Ouroboros. And oh, the, like at the very end, somebody, like you're on a ship with the bad guy, like Wesker or somebody. Uh-huh. And that's just, like, that's the way he says it. Yeah. It's in one of the cutscenes, he goes, Ouroboros. Yeah. So anytime I say that, I have to say it like a, like that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about the steak chases? Ouroboros. Yeah. <laughs> well... Restaurant review? Oh, I don't even I'm know. I'm calling it restaurant review. I don't need to call it that. I, on a scale of one to Cheesecake Factory, what would you give Ooh. The Matrix Resurrections? You know what I will say really quick? Is the mu- the music freaking slaps. I love the music in this movie. It yeah. had a hint. Yeah. It had just enough of like the feel, the vibe from the originals, but enough but, new yeah, but it was that like, it felt like, man, I, I love what they're doing with this here. So. Well, a lot of it felt like female remix of it. Well, okay, sure. The the, that, the, the credits scene. I guess that was scene, just a couple, yeah. The credits scene with the uh, sort of the rage against the machine yeah. nod, you know. But I don't know. What's a <laughs> what's a restaurant that a lot of people used to like that now <laughs> if people went there, they'd all be like, nah, ain't it. Mm. I mean, that's that's your take on it. Yeah. So, But I can't, I can't think of a restaurant. Well, I don't know. I feel like that. <laughs> this is going to like rat on them, I guess. Like Applebee's or something. Like right when it came out, everyone was like, oh, have you heard Applebee's? <laughs> like in the 90s or whenever it came out. And now, you know, 30 years later, it's just like, really? Applebee's? Okay. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I went to Applebee's. And if mm. I did, I wouldn't expect it to be good. Hold on. Not expecting it to be good. No, it should. Well, I feel like that was half of it. It's it, a hard one. I don't know if there's any particular restaurant that actually what that, that people this. used to think was really good that now don't attend, but if they went back would think that it's gonna be great. Like, like they're still super nostalgic about, it, even though they haven't been in a long time. But then when they go, it's like, oh, this is garbage. <laughs> That's that to me, Applebee's still kind of fits, but whatever. Uh, something like, yeah, something like Chili's that, well, even Chili's like, I feel like remakes itself every five or 10 years (laughs) to try to stay relevant. I don't feel like Applebee's ever did that. Or like Ruby Tuesday. Like who, who still has a salad bar? Some, some place that has a salad bar. Yeah. Like Western (laughs) Sizzler or like, uh, and I don't, I don't mean like a buffet cause I love Uh me some Chinese buffet, but like a, like a salad bar, you know? Like Super Spud or something like that. That's just some place that that yeah. used to be popping. Uh, and yeah. now, now people are just like, I'm not going to go there. I'm, I'm going to give it a Red Robin. I think I might have given a Red Robin to some oh, other have. thing. But I'm going to give it a Red Robin you, in a different way. You uh, Suicide Squad, the first Did I? one. Yeah. I, yeah. And this, I'm actually going to use the same thing because I literally, every time I go there, I get the same exact thing. But this yeah. one's like if they served it with hot sauce. No, and it's you somehow it's, loved it even more. It's actually based on a real experience. Is that like there was a time where I 
would get the Whiskey River chicken sandwich and just like again and again every time I went there. I, I say that like I go there every day. I I went there like you know every so yeah. often. Well, neither one of us have been in what five, five years times, yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I would go and I would get this sandwich and I'd be like, man, this is great. They've got the like unlimited fries you know you just bottomless fries you get and all that stuff you just ask for fries at the beginning it's just like basically free it's like and they're like here you go and you get free refills on even some of the special drinks which no one does and it's like it's the best thing ever and i just felt like i was just you know eating like a king you know for the time (laughs) just being like you know not having a lot of money and being able to spend like 10 bucks and get just a lot of food was a really good deal at the time and so i was like man this is great and it was good food at least i thought it was good food but then i didn't have red robin for a really long time and i went back with the memory of what those things should taste like yeah and what they tasted like and i'd probably hyped it up even more over time and going back and then having that same exact meal again you realize they don't do bottomless fries anymore not really they do, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't ask for it before you get your meal. You, you have, have to, to wait, wait until you get your meal. Yeah. And then they give you like a very small amount. And they'll of keep fries. bringing it. They'll keep you, bringing it, you but have it's to always eat them first. Yeah. Prove it. Yeah. And you and it's always just a small amount. Um they want you to like get hungry and eat your burger and then get full and then not want any more fries, which I mean from a business standpoint <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. It's all about the money. What it comes down to. So you go back and you're like, man, this experience of Red Robin is not how I remember it. It's not what I what I came looking for. Now, the Matrix Resurrections is basically like if I went back to Red Robin today and had a sort of like, huh, this isn't as good as I remember it. It's not as like mind blowing as I as I was wanting it to be. You know, maybe I invited some friends and they were like, this isn't that great, Randy. <laughs> like, let's say someone hadn't seen the other Matrix movies and they, yeah. they go see this one, they're going to be like, what? You said um, this was good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, wait, hold on. And then Red Robin's like, ha, we're just a like an experiment to show you what the state of the restaurant industry is nowadays. Or like <laughs> They're just they- giving you more of the same, but they're giving you less and less of it, and it's all just being regurgitated back to you. I don't know. This is a really long like, or if there's somehow stretch been that like, I'm making. But. The, everything you ate tonight was vegan, and you're like, it was vegan? <laughs> no way! So, yeah, I don't think there's a perfect correlation, but I, I think that... Uh, or, or I even thought of another, like McDonald's, but you hadn't been in 20 years. Like when they stopped, uh, they stopped making the fries with the beef tallow. Okay. They used to have like a beefy, like really good umami flavor with them. So like if you didn't know that and the last time you had been was like in the 90s and then you went back and got the fries today and, and fully remembered how good uh-huh. they tasted and then tasted these, you would go with the nostalgia of like, Ooh, it's gonna be good. <laughs> and then, like, you taste them, and again, if you could remember exactly how they tasted, and then tasted these side by side, you'd be like, "What? Come on!" <laughs> so that I think that might fit more than the Applebee's, the McDonald's <laughs> fries. But yeah, I mean, something like that. Would, something like that would be better. Yeah. Uh, Matrix Resurrections, everybody. What did you think? I I want to start something where we can. Uh, we might have to get our own website or something. Where people can talk back? Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? We're working on something. Or, or it's, yeah. It's or something, like so, it's something not, not not crazy, but it's something, and we'll we'll tell you about it here soon enough. We need, we need uh, to get our social medias. We, we're, getting it, we're getting it together. Let's get some social medias. It'll be fun and kind of weird, but 
hopefully more fun than weird. Maybe you can talk back. You can talk back at us. You can tell us how wrong we are. Yeah. I love hearing how wrong. Or how right we are. Yeah, even more than hearing how wrong I am, I love hearing how right I am. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But. Maybe maybe after COVID, we could start making little groups and go see movies together. Oh, my God. Could you imagine doing these in front of a live audience, even if it's like, you know. A l- just a small little audience. Just a small audience. Yeah, I that would actually be really fun just to get be. a bunch of people together and, and do it live. Um, I all, feel like we'd have a lot of I'll go see a movie and then I'll jump in here. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, Con- constantly yeah. remind people, Shh, you're not on the yeah, podcast. you're not on the podcast. Shut up! I don't care. You're allowed you to. You're allowed to laugh. That's it. <laughs> you in the front row. Get Excuse out. me. Uh, get who out. has the microphone? That's right. <laughs> You could leave. Oh, you brought your own. Oh, okay. Well, uh. plug it in, I guess. <laughs> Welcome, our third host. What's your name? <laughs> you guys are so dumb. Oh yeah, well, this guy's on next week too. What we got coming up? We got come on, come on, come on. Up <laughs> I kind of forgot time. that was that. Up. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we've got a. Oh, there's a whole bunch of movies coming out. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to be away for a little while. We may we may have a little bit of a gap, but that's okay. Don't worry. We're coming back, and we're probably going to have a a handful of stuff. Don't so you don't you fret. Want to see? Want to do we'll Macbeth? Maybe Nightmare Alley if we can get around to it. Uh, it's actually playing here. So. Yeah, I have been thinking about how this episode, how this podcast dies. Oh, like what? one of us, one of us moves away at some point, right? Uh, yeah, but you could also record like so, yeah separately. We yeah. just like, are you? I mean. All right. I don't okay. know. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll keep Are you expecting one I of us to we'll move away sometime soon? <laughs> uh, even the, if we did, we just go out. Even if it, soon, if it did, we should just go out in a, a you know, blaze of glory and. And, and do what? And uh, do our uh, fountain episode and give it a Cheesecake Factory. Oh, and, and we'll then leave. <laughs> well, that was it, folks. That was our Cheesecake. And they're like, both of them at the same time? We'll release a couple other episodes that are just like nothing, like just a recording of nothing, like an empty room. (laughs) Like, yeah, this week we're going to talk about Star Wars Episode 12. But Randy and Jeremiah, there's nobody in there. (laughs) Because they already cheesecake factory down in there. (laughs) We just become producers at that point. We don't actually actually partake (laughs) or participate, not partake, but. Yeah, it's only we only upload like thirty <laughs> seconds of silence. It's like, what was the point? It was, just replay that. You're gonna get it. That's all it was. We just teased that maybe halfway through, someone might say something into the mic. They might come by and like whisper into the mic. But you don't know where it's gonna be, so you gotta listen to the whole thing. Yeah, and that really comes in with like, what are you listening to? Silence. We should do one of those this is about movies. Yeah. <laughs> this is about movies. <laughs> Just yeah, this one's, for this one's uh, uh, Dune Part 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds of Arrakis. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, we should do what uh, used to be popular in the 90s slash, well, maybe always, but at least popular when we were younger. And that is ha- on like an album, the last track. Uh, is a bit longer than others and then the song you know ends but then it goes into silence and then you know because we're not doing digital stuff i guess it works on digital too but you just have your cassette tape or your cd player in there and you'd be like oh the album's over and you'd be doing whatever you're doing yeah, and, and then five minutes, minutes later, later yeah. someone would be like <laughs> and 
and you're like, oh god. <laughs> and then they, they, the song would cut like be another song those in, some, at the end. Those are some of the best songs yes. too on cassettes. We like, should do that with one of our. It always be the band doing something different than anything else on the album. Yeah, it'd be like, uh, like I remember heavy metal album. And at the end would just be like an EDM song. And you're yeah. like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. We, we should do that with one of our episodes. Um, and uh, just like hide a whole movie. Like like do a movie at the end of an episode, like 15 minutes after it's over. And just do a whole another episode on a movie, but never say a word about it. <laughs> we, could even put, we could put this in the podcast right now and just let people know, hey, this might happen. So, you know, be on the lookout. You're going to be like, man, I've heard the episode. Like for five years, yeah. They're just like, <laughs> They're like, I've heard the Dune Part 2 episode, but I can't find it on their list. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. I swear I heard them talk about Dune Part 2. Wait a second. This Toy Story 5 episode is, is five hours, hours long. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the end of that. That's what it was. You say Toy Story 5? Oh, I hope not. I know. That's what I did that on purpose. <laughs> it's all coming back to the resurrections here. Uh, here we go. Matrix resurrections. When they when they rebuild Woody and Bo into uh, or Bo Peep into what, yeah, batteries that power up. the money making <laughs> machine that is Disney's uh, empire. I think that's the end. <laughs> or the or the opening. Yeah. Or the opening. <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs>